think you hate marketing? Think again. I'm Kelly, and welcome to the Marketing Chat Podcast, where I help you get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. We all hit roadblocks in our business or in our podcast, and sometimes they seem insurmountable. So I'm thrilled to chat with my guest today, Gail Doby, about how what you feel is hampering your business may not be the real issue holding you back from radical success. With 20 years experience running her own design firm, plus degrees in finance, banking, and interior design, Gail Doby is obsessed with sharing innovative ways to overcome roadblocks, challenges, and detours that creative entrepreneurs face. She's also her client's strategist, brand builder, human resource advisor, and sometimes therapist. No matter which hat she wears, her goal is simple to empower clients to differentiate themselves, drive measurable results, achieve business projections, and create personal satisfaction through game-changing strategies and practices. Gail is also the author of Business Breakthrough, Your Creative Value Blueprint to Get Paid What You're Worth. Welcome, Gail. I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you, Kelly. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. So you also have a podcast with Aaron Weir called the Creative Genius Podcast. Would you tell us a little about that, please? Sure. We started this podcast during COVID. So that was a really great time to do it because we were not traveling. So it's a perfect time to start something when it's a little bit uneasy in terms of what's happening around us. So we started then and I think we are on season six now. <gasps> and season six is just a culmination of starting to get more and more people on our podcast who are experts in the industry. And also New York Times bestsellers as one of the fun things that we've been able to do. I'm a massive reader. So every time I can, I will reach out to those different authors and ask them to be on our podcast. So we've had a great group of people on our podcast, and it's really about things that will help people expand their thinking and also expand their business. Mm, that's awesome. So I will have more questions at the end about podcasting or your experience podcasting. And I'm just thrilled to share it. I love it. it Y'all are just great and wonderful hosts and you do bring so much value to your listeners. Well, we love doing it. And to me, it's also an opportunity to talk to our clients who have made radical improvements in their business. So for those people who are thinking about doing their own podcasts and depending on what their goals are for their podcast, it's a great tool to be able to get people's words directly from them instead of you talking about what you do well, you let other people talk about what you do well. Very true. The other thing that's really important, I think about podcasts, and I know I'm going a little bit off tangent here, but mm -hmm. I think it's really important that people understand that when you see something in writing, that's just one method of communicating. But if they can hear you and they can hear your passion, your uh, power behind what you're saying, and maybe all of your unique ideas, this is an opportunity for you to shine in a way that you cannot in text. Text is very flat. So you get personality, you get color. It's just so great to be able to be a podcaster. And I think that anybody that is thinking about doing it should absolutely do it. And mm -hmm. you learn a lot. 
And uh, I'm sure, Kelly, you know, back at the beginning when you started podcasting, that probably your first season or so is not your best season. And each season is your best season. So whatever your current season is, is your best because you keep learning from the people that you have on your podcast. Very true. And even if you do a solo show, you you get better and better. Just the more you practice, the more episodes you put out, you really do improve all the time. Yeah. Thank you for that. Sure. So our topic today is what you think the problem is often isn't your real problem. And I thought this would be a great topic for my listeners because both entrepreneurs and podcasters encounter roadblocks and setbacks. And you had a massive setback after the September 11th terrorist attacks. Would you tell us about that, please? Oh, my goodness. That was one of the many big turning points for my business. And I am an entrepreneur at heart. And when that happened, and I still remember it to this day, sitting on my bed, watching the news and drinking a cup of coffee and just being absolutely in shock at what I was seeing on the television. And about 10 or 15 minutes later, after I got over that initial shock, I called my team and I said, okay, we're not coming into work today. And I kept calling day after day and saying, okay, it's Friday. I still can't come into work. I am just still too upset. So it was not just me that was having this visceral reaction to what happened. It was, it was also our clients because what I found happened right after that is that our clients just decided to stop their projects. And their feeling was how in the world in the situation that we've just encountered with September 11th and the terrorist attack, how in the world can we possibly be spending money on things as frivolous as taking care of our home mm-hmm. and uh, designing our home? So we actually saw our business drop off radically after that. And I had to make a very tough decision, and that was to get out of my office lease, which was very expensive, Mm -hmm. and move in with an architect. And then within about a year, I decided to completely scale back and go back to working by myself. So it was a huge setback for my business. And of course, as all things are, some of the worst things that we go through are the best things we go through. So we don't know which one it is until we go through it. And then we have some time to assimilate what we've learned. And what, what we find is that we often find the biggest growth in our lives when we have these big setbacks. So I think that's really important. Very true. I was still doing marketing consulting back then. And I was also a professional artist. I still am a professional artist on the side now, but I was really doing a lot of art at that time. And I found that I just couldn't focus on marketing consulting then Mm -hmm. because it's not that it felt frivolous. It just didn't feel as important. And I slowed down business and really focused on art more that the the terrorist attacks didn't inspire art per se or you know in particular but i just ended up focusing more on art for several years after that so it really switched up what i was working on as well well it's just one of those things that you don't know until you go through these big uh, radical situations how you're going to react to it and how you're going to most importantly respond to it. Mm 
mm-hmm. because the response that you have is very telling about your ability to build a successful business. And one of the things that I think is so incredibly important in what we all do, those of us that are entrepreneurs, which is probably all of your listeners, is that we have to have grit and we have to have resilience and the ability to bounce back after very difficult setbacks, because this is really the key to being successful in the long haul. Mm -hmm. So if we give up when we encounter a setback, we're missing the opportunity to, to encounter our best self and grow into the possibilities of what we can do, because that comes from the difficult things. It doesn't come from the easy things. Right. Absolutely. So you even write in your book, Business Breakthrough, about how roadblocks can be positive turning points and opportunities. I really love that idea. So would you say more about that? Oh, gosh, I can go through so many different times that it has affected me in the business. But for example, and I think this is a perfect example, and I do wish I had a crystal ball. But we started our current business on March 8th, 2008. So we're coming up on 15 years of doing Mm -hmm. this. Well, guess what 2008 was for those who were not paying attention to the financial markets, which most of us did feel it very deeply. I think it was a shock for us to realize that so much could change so quickly. So we started our business then. We were not in revenue until October, which was exactly when everything crashed. Mm. And we had an event that we sold. And this is so interesting, so interesting, because we had 286 people that signed up to come to a three-day tele-summit. And I don't know if you even remember what those are. Oh, yes, I had them. Yes. (laughs) Well, I did that tele-summit with uh, my business partner. And uh, what happened was we had people sit on the phone all day for three days in a row. We had $86,000 of revenue that month. And, um, and then after that, we ended up crashing. And it was so hard for the next three years to make it through business. And there were times that my husband would come to me and say, don't you think you should just get a job? Mm-hmm. And my response to him was, I can't, I'm an entrepreneur. This is in my blood. I cannot help it. This is my second business and I'm not going to fail. Mm-hmm. And although some of the road marks um, of, and the exact details of what happened were so slaying, really, it was one of those situations where I realized that, okay, this is really hard, but this is about me learning to make better decisions And to think about what I can do to pull this out of the toilet. And Mm. it really was terrible in those first three years or so. But through that opportunity to learn, and I look at it as an opportunity, I was able to stop and think about what I needed to do for my clients. Who are those people that were listening to me? And how could I help those people do better in their business? Because they were struggling too. And so that was really the big turning point for me was to understand that my role and my job was to be the leader and to help other people understand that they could make it through this. So sometimes Mm -hmm. just being the example and the leader is one of the most important lessons that you'll get from these setbacks. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How you deal with it is going to set an example to other people, whether it's your team, your employees, or people 
outside of you, you know, other people who are looking up to you as a mentor, role model, or whatever. So that's a great point. So um, so I'm sorry. No worries. I was thinking about too, this was very typical. We had the same thing happen in a different way, of course, with COVID. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in New York at the time, everything was closing down around me, worried that I was not going to get back to town. And then I got back and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I don't know if my business will make it through this and I don't want this to fail. And mm-hmm. I want to help my clients. And, and so what we did is we took that opportunity to put together what we called Operation Ignite. And we put together a series of 10 different webinars where we actually had people come on and we interviewed them and we had 10 great tips for every single one. And so people still talk about it today. We just had that happen two weeks ago. We were at a big event and people said, I just remember that. And it was the the thing that got me through that really tough time was being on that uh, series that you put together. And I thought that just tells me how powerful our words are and how powerful our leadership is at the time when things are the hardest. Mm-hmm. So I think that is one of the great outcomes that we can have from being podcasters. Very true. And like you were talking about earlier with writing versus speaking, you know, or people reading versus listening, it really is so powerful for people to hear our words instead of reading our writing. And there are plenty of people who prefer reading, but to really get to know us, it helps to hear us or with video see us. But it's it's our spoken word that is making such a big impact because like you said earlier, they hear our personalities, hear the inflections, hear our passion and our emotions. You know, if we're upset about something that needs to come out in our shows. It, when we, you know, feel particularly if we're sad about something, you know, and in this show and so many others that entrepreneurs are putting out there, we're sharing information. So we certainly feel passionate about the information that we're sharing, but we may not feel angry or sad about something, but I get passionate about these topics. So I am letting that come through. You know, when I'm admonishing some someone or my listeners to follow some instructions I'm giving, you know, I get passionate. I don't say, okay, here's what I recommend. I'm like, do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, really people do want to be led. They want to know what your opinion is. That's why they're coming to your show is they want to hear your opinion mm-hmm. and they want you to have a different viewpoint than they currently have. They want to be inspired. They want to be motivated. They want to have a different frame of reference so that yes. they can think differently without having to do the hard work, maybe in the, the research. And so our job is to make it easy for them to make changes or to maybe change their opinion about things. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one thing that we as podcasters get to do is we have the opportunity to lead people and also to maybe give them some ideas to change their lives. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the most important things that we offer. Very true. Totally agree. So in your book, you write about brick wall syndrome. Would you share a little bit about that, please? 
Oh, I love this one. And uh, I'll just share a story because I think it's very telling about this, what brick wall syndrome is. I had some clients come in in 2018 and it was partners and they came in to do a VIP day with me. Mm. And there was a point where they got very emotional about how hard things were and how frustrated they were, how scared they were, all of these things. And so they were focusing on how they felt and not what they could do about it. So Mm. I call that brick wall syndrome because they were looking at, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. It's never going to get better. I won't be able to solve this problem. Maybe you won't solve this problem for me. And I'm scared and I'm nervous. So they were staring at the brick wall. And so what I said to them was, okay, let's just, you're very visual people. So let's imagine this brick wall in front of us and you're staring at it and you're talking about it. And you've got all these little sticky notes on the brick wall about what is going wrong in your life and your business. So let's just take it to a different level. And let's just imagine putting our hands on the top of this brick wall and let's move it aside. And if we can move it aside, we can see where we're going. Mm -hmm. But if we're looking at the brick wall, we're only looking at where we are. So where we need, what we need to do is look at where we're going. And if we can focus on that, we can change our state. We can change our results. We can change what happens in our lives if we start looking ahead to the vision that we have and getting so immersed in that vision that we can't help but succeed and change our current results. So all of a sudden that brick wall becomes immaterial. It's Mm -hmm. not real. It is literally, it's in our heads and it's where we choose to focus. That is the real key about this message. Mm. That's great. Or where it's just a problem to be solved and we can figure out how to solve it. We have the capacity and the resources to figure out how to solve our problems. And something that this is making me think of is how some people will encounter what feels like a brick wall that may be insurmountable or, you know, wall. They're like, well, I can't go around it. You know, I, it, it, it's, it's firm, it's permanent, it's it's there. And they treat it like, oh, it's the universe telling me that I'm not supposed to proceed, that I'm supposed to do something else. And I'm like, it's a problem and you need to solve it. You know, it's it's not everything is going to be easy in business. And my feeling is that we have to understand that ahead of time. We can't anticipate every every roadblock or pitfall that we're going to experience, but just knowing ahead of time that they're going to be there, that that business isn't easy, and that we're going to encounter issues that helps to set us up for success because then we realize these things are going to happen and I'm going to be able to solve them. Would you agree with that? I would. And I think the other key here is that a lot of people that are in business for themselves, they might be solopreneurs, but they do have people that they can go to that will listen and provide advice. Mm -hmm. And that also is something that we do as podcasters. We provide advice to people based on our experience. Yes, And if we can get the right people to give us some advice at the right time, we do not have to be stuck. We choose to be stuck. So either we get results or we have excuses. So in my view, if we can shift our thinking from 
this is where I am and that I can't possibly get out of this is to flip that and say, what can I do to get out of this situation and who can I get help from? And so looking for the answers outside sometimes can be very helpful. But also I think you have to understand too, as an entrepreneur, that you have to look inside as well and look at where you personally are stopping yourself from success. And it's usually because we are overwhelmed with feelings and we're not in action. So if Mm -hmm. we can learn to be in action versus in our feelings, we can do anything. We literally can do anything. But That's we can't if we're sitting there staring at that brick wall, it doesn't work. Yeah, very true. Sometimes Nike is correct about just do it. Just do it, absolutely. <laughs> as hard as it can be. Okay, so what are some examples of pitfalls that entrepreneurs may have a difficult time recognizing? Okay, there. Are, how many hundreds are there? <laughs> <laughs> so pick like, you know, the, the top three or so, or, uh, you know however many you want to. I think one thing is that you can't grow by working along and you need to have a team. So that's number one. You have to have a team to grow. And if you have a team, rely on that team to help you make decisions. You are not responsible for every decision that comes out of the business. You are certainly in a position where you can veto, but you need to explain why you believe that you shouldn't do something that somebody recommends. So have a team, number one. Number two, have the best team that you can get. And do not tolerate bad people on your team because they tear down the culture of your company and they get in the way of you doing the work that you need to do. So if you spend more of your time thinking about the problems you have with employees than actually taking your business to the next level in marketing, then it tells you that that person needs to go. So I I would say that would be the second thing is making sure that you have the right people on your team. And the third thing is to have a real plan. And so we call it in our, in the book, I call it the creative value blueprint and you need to have a foundation and you have to have a plan for that. You need a budget for that. And then on top of that, you need to have the right mindset. And then you also need to have the right community. So if you have those three elements in particular, so it's your foundation, it's your mindset, and it's your community, those three things can propel your business to incredible success, but only if you are trying to improve at all times, because our job is not to be stagnant, it's to grow. Yeah. And you go through all of that so beautifully in your book. So I really recommend that. And we'll put a link in the show notes. And is it available on Amazon or do you prefer people to buy on your website or? Well, they can certainly get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, either okay. of those places. And then they can also get it on our, our website as well. Great. Awesome. And so what about for podcasters? What do you think are some uh, like three top pitfalls that podcasters encounter? Well, first of all, point of view. I think that's really important to know what is it your podcast is designed to do. So what is your point of view? And you have to be willing to state the things that might make people uncomfortable, maybe even yourself. And you you have to be willing to put yourself out there. So that's number one. Number two is consistency. So if you're going to do podcasting, don't start it unless you're planning to do it consistently from here on out. Because if you stop, 
and you don't have a consistent posting schedule, your, your followers will quit following you. So mm -hmm. it's important to do that. Number three, I think it's really important to think about what is the overall framework of what you're trying to accomplish with this podcast? What are you trying to help the listener do? And if you can come up with a couple of two or three key things or outcomes that you want your listener to be able to do, I think that's going to help you be more successful and it will keep you focused mm -hmm. on having the right guests and the right content on your podcast. Absolutely. That is just so important. I really advocate coming up with a vision and goals and, and laying a strong foundation to your podcast before you get started. It's not as simple as picking your equipment and hosting provider and the editing software and all of that. You really have to lay that strong foundation first. And yeah, great. Awesome. All right. So what tips do you have for identifying our true roadblocks and alleviating them? Well, I think it's pretty easy. And the one thing that we can look to is where are we procrastinating? Mm. Where are we choosing not to make decisions? Those are our roadblocks. And if we will take a few minutes to think about what is the feeling that I have underneath this that's mm. keeping me stuck where I am, that's one of the easiest ways to figure out what's going on. And the other thing that I think is really helpful, and I like to give tips that people can apply, is that if you can at least think about this, write it down. Write down what is stopping you and what is causing you the biggest angst at that moment. And I think what you'll find out is that you are focusing on your emotions and not on your action. So if you can take it out of your head, which is where the emotions are resident, and they take over and put it down in writing, then do that through, you can do it through a journal, you can pull up a Word doc and, and type it out. I do that a few times a year to solve problems for my business. And so what I do is I'll just put it in writing and then all of a sudden it becomes something objective. We can mm -hmm. look at it. It's not in our brain where we're emotional about it. So if you were to say, if I could just remove my emotions from the decision that I need to make, what is the real decision here that needs mm -hmm. to be made? And what is the root cause of the problem? Because if you can get to root cause, that is where you will be solving problems once that will prevent you from having to go through it again. So if you're repeating the same thing over and over again, it's usually because we're just solving the symptom and not the problem. So mm. it's really key and important to remember that we need to get to the root cause and then we need to fix that root cause, remove our emotions, set those aside, use this framework and this process to write about it so that we're objective and we can figure out what to do. And if we're mm -hmm. still stuck for three days, go get help because mm -hmm. somebody else is going to have maybe just a different viewpoint or at least a, maybe a different feeling that they can share with you that will help you shift from what is stopping you from solving that problem. Mm. I love that. So look at where we're procrastinating, not taking action as the right. first step in that. That is excellent. Yeah. So whatever we're avoiding doing. All right. And then write it down. I love writing everything down. Yeah. Sure. If I get it out of my head, then I can really focus on it. I love what you say about how then it becomes objective and less, uh, I'm going to say like less fiery. Yeah. Like, le like you said, less emotional 
So we really get to look at it from an objective perspective. And for me, then I don't have to dwell on it anymore because all these things that are in my head, I'm like constantly thinking about it so that I don't forget it. And once it's in writing, I don't have to think about it as much anymore because it's on right, it's in writing. So I can like let it go in my head. And then it's much easier to deal with because I know it's there. It's not going anywhere because it's in a doc, it's in an Apple note or on paper or whatever it is. I think we just need to have processes for solving Mm -hmm. our problems. And most people are comfortable being uncomfortable. But I also tell people that sometimes your problems and what's in your way is what you most need to do. So a lot of times we have fears around certain things. Maybe we're fearful about starting our podcast. We're fearful of what people might think of us. But if we were to do it, think about what the what if you Mm -hmm. did it and you thought about, oh, my gosh, if I did that, I would be seen as the expert in my industry, in my niche, in my area. And I could stand out from other people. So so figure out what is the benefit of you just leaning in and doing it. And so Mm -hmm. what I tell people, especially my coaching clients, is that if you want to really succeed in what is whatever you want, then just lean into whatever your challenges are. And just know that your answers to the future are right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. And if you will just do those things, then you'll find that it's not as scary as you think it is. It's it's really about what's in your head that's making it so scary. So when we have it in our head, it's the scary place. If we have it in writing, it's not the scary place. Mm. Love that so much. Thank you for that. Of course. All right. So to begin to wrap up here, as a podcaster, what would you say is the biggest practical benefit you've gotten out of podcasting? You know, one thing I love, and and this has been one of the most fun things about being guests on other people's podcasts is that I think that that is the greatest experience of having to think on your feet and have very clear thoughts that you can share with people. Because what you want to do is become concise in your words, because that's what compels people. That's what interests them. So you will learn how to communicate better as a result of being a podcaster. Very true. Yeah, that was very succinct. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And what would you say is the most personally rewarding thing you've gotten out of podcasting? You know, I think I would have to say that we've had so many guests on our show. Some are our clients and it's their first time being on a podcast And we're helping them overcome their fears of being heard and seen Mm -hmm. because their work is often seen, but they're often not heard. So to be able to communicate, to teach them how to be a good communicator and to share their point of view is a critical piece of being an expert in your industry. So if you will overcome your fear and help other people overcome their fears, then you will be immensely successful. And so to me, it's really about helping other people succeed. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. I love that part too. All right. So what kind of clients do you work with and how do you help them? (laughs) Well, that's a great question. We work and oddly enough, I end up coaching people 
not just creative entrepreneurs and not just interior designers, but architects and lighting designers. And I think the most interesting is I've coached salespeople and also even uh, my CPAs and my bookkeepers that work for me, our CFO team. And I have coached all of these people, but the real key is that I help them understand the shortest direction to get to the ultimate goal that they have. And so for me, it's about being a shortcut to the people that are coming to me. Hmm. I help them unstick from wherever they're stuck. And that's one of the, the biggest things, the gifts that I have, which is to be able to listen to people and understand where they are mentally and emotionally in their own way. If I can help them with that, I can help them with their business problems. The business problems are a piece of cake. It really is the emotional issues and the roadblocks that we put in our way. That is what is keeping people where they are. That's great. Oh yeah. I love hearing that. Awesome. And so how can people find you to learn more about you if they want to work with you? Well, thank you very much for that. And they can find me on the Pearl Collective thepearlcollective.com. Great. I will share that link in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for being here today, Gail. This has been fabulous. I loved everything that you shared and I just really appreciate you for being here. My pleasure, Kelly. 